Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up? Welcome to Tuesday, February 16th edition of Roughing the Kicker, a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast on arrowheadreport.com. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin, and joining me today for a special Tuesday edition is Mark Van Sickle, Mark the Overseer. Mark, it's been a minute since we talked. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been a week to get over some things, and uh, so that's good. I'm, I'm feeling all right now. A little cold, yeah. but other than that. Absolutely chilly outside. It's like negative degrees and sitting at negative degrees when we're recording this podcast. And a little behind the curtain, too. Evergy's doing like 30 to 60 minute rolling blackouts. We were talking about this before we started recording the podcast. I haven't had mine yet. Mark, I don't know if you've had your blackout yet. So Not we're yet. really we're really <laughs> skating on thin ice here trying to record a podcast. So we don't know if we're going to get through this or not, but we're going to do our best to get through this podcast before Evergy just cuts us off in the middle of subarctic temperatures, which seems it's, like a very weird idea on Evergy's part. Yeah, it's it's kind of exciting, but kind of nerve-wracking all at the same time. <laughs> right, it gives you that extra added adrenaline rush when it comes to podcasting that everyone needs to have. And, man, it's been quite a week, hadn't it? I mean, this, you wrote a story, uh, a piece for Sports Illustrated about how, yeah, the Super Bowl sucked, but the, probably the week following the Super Bowl sucked even harder. Um, yeah. and, and how ever since the Super Bowl happened, it's just been a very bad week for Chiefs Kingdom. Yeah, it was rough. I mean, we had a couple big losses outside of football, which I know we don't really need to dig down deep into that. But it, it was it was hard for a lot of people. And, uh the, yeah, it goes beyond football, so. It really does. And I, we talked about it a little bit uh, on, on the podcast about Therese and how Therese was a guest of this podcast. Marty Schottenheimer also. Uh, losing him was kind of tough. I know uh, I was listening to 810 when all that happened, and, and they had uh, Tim Grunhart on there. And he was very close with Marty Schottenheimer, and he said that it's just hard to see you know him start, start to not be himself. Um, towards the end of his life there, and that's just just sucks. But I hate to rehash these feelings with you, Mark, but now we're a week out from the Super Bowl. Um, it's happened. How are you feeling now? Well, it was just during the game, it was one of those things that as a Chiefs fan, since Patrick Mahomes has taken over, you haven't had that feeling of almost helplessness. And it was just like, man, they got hit in the face. Uh, they they had to kick field goals, which, I mean, we've seen them have to kick field goals before, but usually they're getting several touchdowns on top of those field goals. Right. So it was just kind of one of those feelings like, wow, this is re-, about halftime. It was kind of like, wow, this is really going to happen, isn't it? They have mm-hmm. a really good defense. Uh, the Chiefs receivers were unfortunately dropping passes, and uh, Mahomes was kind of hobbling around out there. So it was just something that was – Kind of tough to swallow at the time, but looking back at it, it's like, you know, it is what it is. I I wish I would have, you know, not kept my red glasses on so much leading up to the Super Bowl because I really let my family down, too, because they all thought the Chiefs were going to win by a lot. So (laughs) as we're watching the game and it's unfolding, it's like, Daddy, what's going on? Why aren't the Chiefs winning? I'm like, I'm sorry, girls. It it wasn't my fault. I promise. It was the coaching. It was the receivers (laughs) letting us down. But, yeah, I did feel like I let some people down there. Yeah, I know. It's like when you get to that point, you're just like, 
I don't even know what's happening. Like, yeah. I was like, we, we, there was a lot of things we talked about that we expected to happen. It just didn't happen. Um, yeah. that did, that didn't happen in Chiefs games. And it was just a combination of all of the worst things that could have happened for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it was just the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario is pretty darn bad. Um, <laughs> we got to see a little peek of that. And I don't want to see it ever again. I'll say yeah. that. Um, but it was it was rough. And, you know, there's some clear building blocks, some clear pieces, some clear holes moving forward that the Chiefs are going to have to address. Um, but, Mark, I'm curious. We've talked a lot on the podcast about the running back campaign. And... I, I saw Kent Swanson tweeted out something on Monday about a poll. Was the run it back? Was run it back successful? Uh, was the season successful? Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on this because there's a lot of different ways that you can look at it, and I want to know what your point of view is. Yeah, when you think about it, I mean, on the surface, the run it back and and the players even themselves would probably say that it was a failure, um, just because. Their goal was to get back there and win the Super Bowl again. They've been there. They've done it. They had a lot of guys coming back. Um, so uh, at the surface, that's kind of what you think about. You're like, yeah, the players themselves would probably say that. But as as fans and uh, in general, just looking at the season as a whole, I think you got to say it was not a failure. I think it was overall a pretty solid season. They, they had their best uh, regular season ever in Chiefs history, which hard hard to – Hard to complete that after a Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, run the season before, really. So they, they kind of got out on top of things. They got in position to where they wanted to go. And they got back to the Super Bowl, which was the goal. The, I mean, obviously the goal was to win the whole thing. But making it back to the Super Bowl, I think, is just an impressive feat. I agree. And I think I, I wrote down here, run it back did not succeed, right? Uh, the whole hashtag run it back, that didn't – I don't want to say it's a failure. It just – didn't happen you know the kind of like a mission impossible it was it was almost an, a, a, an impossible mission to accomplish because no team since the patriots and what was that oh three oh four somewhere around that neighborhood um had gone back to back and with the the with the mission that they had they they did not succeed that mission that's hard to say i know it sucks mm-hmm. to say that but the season itself i think was a very successful season as you mentioned mark the pandemic you know, that's something that I don't think is being talked about a whole lot. The Chiefs didn't have like a big, huge outbreak. Yeah, a couple players tested positive. But for the most part, they remained healthy. And a lot of the guys that put on the COVID list were close contacts. They were very strict in their COVID protocols. I think they did a very good job in a pandemic season, which is crazy that they were able to get to where they were in a, yeah. in a pandemic. And and you mentioned the best regular season record, 14-2. and two. Probably could have been fourteen and one if they if they played their starters. I'm confident they probably would have beat the Chargers because the Chargers were kind of hobbled too. Um, yeah. But man, what a good season, regular season it was, and and really in the playoffs, the Chiefs played some of their best football in the AFC divisional round and championship round. Um, I think against the Buffalo Bills, that was their best game of all season. Uh, that got us real jazzed up for the Super Bowl. Man, and I think it was just a really good season overall for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, run it back might not have you know been a success, but I think that this season you can't count this season as a, as a failure because of all the all the good things that happened. Travis Kelsey setting records, you know, Patrick yep. Mahomes setting records, Tyree Kill setting records in games. Yeah, all those things happening are very vital to the season. And so the season as a whole, I don't think is is incomplete or is is invalid. I should say. Yeah. I totally agree, and like you said a, a little bit ago, uh, the, taking the pandemic into uh, consideration, 
just uh, what they did to stay away from things and be able to control their environment enough. And I was I was a little bit nervous there when uh, Jordan Tamu co- mm-hmm. contracted COVID because, I mean, that's in the quarterback room. So that's like how Patrick Mahomes and the other guys didn't get it was pretty incredible. So they really did keep their, their distance in the meeting rooms and they wore their masks and other teams can't say the same. So um, hats off to the Chiefs for being able to get through the, the season mostly unscathed in that matter and just being able to get back to the Super Bowl. Connor Nori t- Connor Orr and I talked about that. Wow, I just said his name too fast and it <laughs> muddled my brain. Connor Orr and I talked about the NFL's effectiveness and when it comes to, to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. And they did a pretty good job. I think their positive rate was .08, um, which, which is very good. And these NFL facilities became some of the safest places in the country to be. Um, with all the testing and all of you know the sanitation efforts and social distancing measures, it'll be interesting to see how the offseason is this year. The NFLPA and NFL haven't agreed on anything so far uh, when it comes to the offseason, but they anticipate it to be a very similar offseason to kind of what it was this offseason. Um, I'm really... Um, I'll say anxious is probably the right word to see um, of what it's going to be like uh, this offseason. Because, yeah, with the vaccination efforts, Roger Goodell has already said, yeah, we're not jumping these guys to the front of the lines, which <laughs> rightfully so. They shouldn't yeah. be jumped to the front lines. They're not like frontline workers. Um, but I think that when it comes to vaccination, it's going to be interesting. I think there was another stat out there when the NFL was trying to to promote flu shots they didn't have very many players get flu shots i think they only got like 18 yeah. percent or something like that um so it's going to be interesting to see how that translates to the vaccine i, I will say I, i've heard that um nfl stadiums are talking about opening up to being vaccination sites yeah and if i mean i don't know if they would let their players do this but if you volunteer at those things then you are allowed to get the vaccination yourself so I don't know if they would push players to volunteer in order to get them to the front of the line. I don't know if that's something they would talk about. Uh, I guess it would have come down to the players wanting to do that, obviously. Um, yeah. But just something to think about. I know a lot of NFL teams, like the Chiefs opened up their facilities for voting. Um, I know they're going to try to do the same for vaccination, so that'll be interesting to see. As far as the off season with, uh, like you were talking about, uh, last year was kind of a weird off season, but... Um, I think it could be another one like that where the free agents, especially with the cap coming down, um, yeah. I know we didn't want to get into cap talk because that's <laughs> above our A lot of math. <laughs> a lot of math there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, with the cap coming down a little bit and uh, free agents not being able to do their normal workouts and stuff like that, I think you might be able to see some guys that either go back to the teams that they were on or take a discounted rate to go to a team that's a contender. So that'll be interesting because the Chiefs have a few players that might want to come back on those cheap deals again, like maybe a Sammy Watkins or Demarcus Robinson, um, something like what happened last year. And then uh, you'll get guys that maybe want to come to a contender, which the Chiefs are definitely at the top of that list. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What if you could have a career? 
where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I think so, too. Um, and we even saw it impact the draft last season as well, and I think it's going to impact the draft this, this year as well. When it comes to medicals in teams, Bryce Hall was one of those guys the Chiefs were interested in but couldn't get a medical on. And he slid all the way down to the sixth round when the New York Jets picked him. Uh, it's it's going to be one of those situations where a lot of these guys, Landon Dickerson is one off the top of my head towards ACL in the SEC championship game for Alabama. He's their center. Um, who Teams are going to want to get a medical, their own medicals on him. And I don't know if they're going to be able to. And he could slide and that could fall in the Chiefs' favor. Or he could... You know, someone could take him and trusting the medicals that he's getting. So that'll be a very big, big interest. And as you mentioned, you know, the Chiefs being a contender, let's talk about these odds that are out from next year because these, I tell you what, Vegas Vegas does not waste any time. They're ready to go. They're ready to dish it out. <laughs> and the Chiefs, no surprise, this is of DraftKings, I should say, uh, plus 500, they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl next season. Packers at plus 900, Bucks also at plus 900 with the Ravens coming in at plus 1,200. So, Mark, are you surprised that the Chiefs are leading contenders, I should I should ask? I don't, I'm not surprised about it because even though they have some guys that are free agents and, you know, there's some things up in the air, it's uh, assuming uh, Patrick Mahomes comes back fully healthy from the foot and uh, assuming Andy Reid comes back and coaches for the Chiefs, uh, I, I think that that's the deciding factor on them being the favorites again. I think they're going to have enough pieces around them to get back to it. And uh, the the defenses in the AFC, I know we were kind of talking about this before we jumped on the podcast, mm-hmm. but um, the defenses in the AFC just don't seem to be quite as stout as some of those NFC defenses. Like we saw the Bucks, uh, the Rams have really good defense. Even the Packers defense, it's not great, but um, mm-hmm. they've got some guys on there that can uh, jump around. And it it's just... Uh, It'll be interesting to see, but I think that's another reason why the Chiefs are at the top of the list because just getting back to the game is hard, and then right. it's kind of a free-for-all once you get there. I totally agree, and I think that plus 500 is probably a good bet um, for, for the Chiefs. The Packers at plus 900 is kind of surprising to me. Um, it depends on what happens, I guess, when it comes to Rodgers and, and, and who they'll bring back, who they draft. We've seen the, the Packers make some interesting draft choices um, as oh, of yeah. recent. So that'll be interesting. The Bucks at 900 also I don't think is a very big surprise either. Their defense is good. It depends on who they have coming back. I think Godwin's a free agent. Um, Shaq Barrett's a free agent for Tampa Bay as well because I had him on the top of my list. Sue, I think, is also a free agent. Um, yeah. I think JPP might be a free agent as well. So they have a lot of guys on the defense that – We'll either want to probably come back and sign on a one year again, or maybe go to another team to see what they can do there. Right, and and that's a lot, that's a big thing too, because when Brett Veach talked, or uh, I shouldn't say Brett Veach, Patrick Mahomes talked about the team next year. Um, he said, "Hey, this is going to be a new look team. This is going to be this is going to be a little different team. They tried the whole run it back thing, you know, and bringing the same guys back, and they're going to try to get some guys this year, I think." They're going to go out there and be aggressive in the free agent market. I really love to see them do that and get some content guys to really uh, beef up the spots that they need beefed up at. And we've talked about on the podcast several times. And like the draft, you don't really want to draft 
you know, for immediate needs, you want to address immediate needs of free agency. We could see them do that when it comes to edge. Um, I think the edge is going to be one of those things because they do have Teno Passanio and Alex Okafor both up for contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at the linebackers too, I know a lot of people are worried about the linebacker position, but I go back and forth on linebacker because like the Chiefs don't play with three linebackers a whole lot. Um, they yeah. play with three safeties more than they play with three linebackers, and I'm more worried about what Daniel Sorensen is going to do instead of what Damian Wilson is going to do. Um, yeah. So in that situation, it's going to be all very interesting to see what happens free agency-wise for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and I mean, obviously we saw in the Super Bowl the offensive line uh, needs to be bolstered up, even if you – uh, going to the backups, uh, just because they have some guys on contract uh, coming up this year, and in 2022, I think they only have like a few of those guys left after this coming season. So they're going to want to get in the draft, take some offensive line early. I think, like you said, uh, if they get Dickerson at the end of the second round, that would that would be a very nice pick at the end of the second round. If they, I wouldn't be mad if they took an offensive tackle in the first round and Dickerson in the second round. I I, I think that would be a, a nice start to the draft. I know that's not sexy or you know mm-hmm. what everybody wants to see on draft night, but you know for us nerds, uh, it, it would be cool to see him do that. <laughs> I am an offensive line nerd. I love the, watching <laughs> offensive linemen film. I. Honestly, I think it's more entertaining to watch the offensive line sometimes. To watch the offensive line do their work. If they're, if they're, you know, if they're a good offensive lineman, like Tevin Jenkins, I like to watch him. Oh, um, yeah. Watch some of that Ohio State offensive line where they just got a bunch of just big old boys. Like, they've got some big men on that offensive front. Um, and, oh, it's just, it's just so much fun to watch. But it's a good thing that you brought up the offensive line because I think that might be a position where they need to bring in some veterans at. Not some veteran journeymen like they have in years past, but they got to bring in some good guys like some good solid yeah. guys what do you think about osimile maybe coming back i liked him i thought what he brought to the line was really good he brought that juice um yeah. that we hadn't seen for a while and if you think about with wiley uh being on on a, a free agent if you bring back osimile ldt is confirmed coming back he's confirmed that he's coming back so if you have him and you have osimile i kind of like that guard situation I know Connor threw this out there. Um, I can't remember what podcast it was. I think it was on a mailbag that we did or our power rankings. Um, he talked about how Ryder could be better with better guards. And I think that that's, that's probably true, and that would probably save some money if you do bring back Austin Ryder instead of trying to find a, a center. But I think you draft a center. I think no matter what, you have to draft a center, whether it's early round or late round for future development. Now, Nick Allegretti was drafted as a center, and he could obviously transition back to there because he knows how to snap. He knows the center now with a year under his belt, really playing at that guard position could be very beneficial for him. So maybe they don't bring back Ryder. Maybe they put Allegretti at center. Um, There's a lot of different things they can do on the offensive line, but I think the tackles are the biggest thing that needs addressed because Lucas Niang should be coming back. And with Lucas Niang coming back, um, that should be uh, interesting. I don't think he's a left tackle right now. I think what the Chiefs yeah. are going to have to do is look for a left tackle or draft someone they think they can take a left tackle. So, Mark, you got me talking about the offensive line, and <laughs> I can't stop talking about offensive line when I start. I was I was going to say, you were talking about enjoying watching the offensive line. There was a video going around with Nick Allegretti, how he does his pre-game uh-huh. uh, warm-ups. And that was just something that I was like, he looks like he was a wrestler once upon a time. That's like a total wrestling move, so... Really enjoyed watching Nick Allegretti do stretches. It sounds kind of funny to say, but yeah, I think he was. I think he actually wrestled at Illinois. Um, okay, I'm, 
I might be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure he wrestled collegiately, which is pretty impressive by being a collegiate football and wrestler. Um, yeah. <sighs> man, I, I really like Nick Allegretti. You know, this is the home of the Nick Allegretti hype train. Go ahead and sound the horn. Choo-choo! Yeah, <laughs> the, the hype train is fully loaded and ready to go. But, Mark, I appreciate you joining me, talking a little bit about everything. I mean, we touched on free agency. We touched on the draft. We touched on the game. We touched on the future. So I really enjoyed our conversation today. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on, Tucker. You know, I'll be on anytime you want. I'm here for you. Yep, we got it in before the uh, rolling blackout from Evergy. So <laughs> we did it. Um, so, Mark, I appreciate you joining me once again. Go follow Mark on Twitter at MarkTheOverseer. Got a lot of good stuff going there. And make sure to check out his articles every Saturday on ArrowheadReport.com. He's got a lot of good content there as well. So, tomorrow I will be back with Jordan Foote. We're going to be doing Mock Draft 2.0 on our Wednesday episode. We're going to see who we get for this mock draft. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good time. So until then, I'll talk to you tomorrow. The Rough and the Kicker Chiefs podcast is a daily Kansas City Chiefs podcast brought to you by Almost Entirely LLC in association with ArrowheadReport.com. Rough and the Kicker is hosted and produced by Tucker Franklin, executive produced by Joshua Briscoe, and is available on ArrowheadReport.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Chiefs coverage, visit ArrowheadReport.com and follow at SI Chiefs, at Tucker D. Franklin, and at JB Briscoe on Twitter. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.